This morning we are continuing our sermon series called It Takes Courage. So a couple weeks ago, Chip started off, started off this series and he talked about Jesus giving us courage to stand up for what we believe in. Do you guys remember that? If you weren't here, you can check that out on our Facebook page and on our website. Last week, oh, I don't even get me started on last week. Last week was amazing. Yeah. It was so, so good. Paul Diani, he's somewhere in here. Uh, there he is. I just want to say I was, I was moved by that message last week. Uh, he talked about Job and just having the courage to live day to day and, and deal with life as it happens to you. So last week was amazing. It's a lot to follow up on, but today we're going to be talking about having the courage to follow your destiny. So let's dive into it then. Imagine if you had been given the opportunity to set sail on the Mayflower several hundred years ago. You guys know what the Mayflower is? Do they still teach that in schools? <laughs> so I'm sure you'd be excited about that, right? A colonist hopping onto a ship to discover a new land, the new world, as it was called, starting in a new place, a new environment, building a new home. But despite how great that journey and huge that change would be to you then, you could not imagine the long-term impact of the choice that you were making. Let me explain. Nobody on the Mayflower knew that what they were founding, what they were going on to create, is what would turn out to be the greatest and most powerful country to ever exist on planet Earth, right? They did not know that they were founding what former President Reagan called a shining city upon a hill, right? Or what former President Harry Truman called, what he said was this country was built on courage, on imagination, and, and unbeatable determination. I like that he uses the word courage because that courage he's describing is what we're talking about today. It is the courage to follow your destiny. So destiny is a tricky word for a lot of people. It can mean different things and people often butt heads about what destiny is. But honestly for me, when I think of the word destiny, this is what I think of. Good. <laughs> Your hate has made you powerful. Now, fulfill your destiny and take your father's place at my side. I'm a big Star Wars fan, so when I hear the word destiny, 
I, I just picture the emperor, fulfill your destiny and take Ralph Mana's place at my right hand, right? That's, that's my Palpatine impression, but um, also, spoiler alert for Return of the Jedi, uh, if you haven't seen it, it came out in 1983, you should watch it, it's a, it's a really good movie. Um, but that's what I think of when I think of destiny. It is used so much in our pop culture and people think it means all kinds of different things. But you see, you never get to see in advance the impact of your destiny. Does that make sense? God doesn't show us what our lives are going to do for other people in the future. He does not show us the impact that we're going to have on future generations. Right? So, the Bible does, in fact, tell us some things about destiny, though. For instance, we know that the plan for your life uh, is determined by God, and that destiny, right, a big part of that is set when he decides when and where you were born, right? Uh, the Bible says in Acts 17, 26, God determines the time set for each of us and the exact places where we should live. Right? So God decided when you would be born and where you would be born. And that determines a huge chunk of your destiny, right? I was born in Ohio, so it's not likely that I'm going to spend my childhood in Africa, right? Like, it's not impossible, but it is unlikely. That is not the path that God chose for me. I was born in 1998. So, unfortunately, I'm not able to star in Return of the Jedi when it releases in 1983. You know what I mean? Like, it was not part of God's plan for my life based on when I was born or where I was born, right? So, God determines that huge chunk of your life, but what about the rest of my life? See, that's the big question, isn't it? What is my destiny? See, I used to struggle with this idea of destiny personally. Uh, the word destiny has a weird connotation for me, and I'm going to dive into that in just a second. But first, I want to share one of my favorite verses of all time. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans of prosperity and not of destruction that give you a future and a hope. So, God has this plan for my life, right? What does this mean? So what I just read was Jeremiah 29, 11, And some people hear this scripture and they think it means that every little decision I make has been decided for me already. And that there's no no choice, right? That would mean there's no free will. And I don't want to get too far into the weeds on this, but I feel an explanation is necessary to, to understand what we're talking about. So God has a plan for your life. That is the implication of this verse. A plan so much better than anything you or I could come up with, right? But 
that doesn't mean that he is making our decisions for us. This is an important distinction. See, God gives us our own free will. And what I'm about to say, some of you might take issue with, but it is possible. We can, in fact, mess up God's plan for our lives. So, (laughs) So, I'm gonna give a kind of goofy example, right? So, let's say, okay, God does have a plan for my life, right? For as an extreme example, that does not involve me committing murder, right? See, uh, let's say I choose to commit murder then. I have sinned, and I'll probably also find myself in prison, perhaps on death row. None of this was what God wanted for me. Does that make sense? My actions, my actions, have very real consequences, So, this doesn't mean that God can't still use me. Perhaps I find my way back to God after committing such a heinous act, and he uses me to start a spirit-filled prison ministry, right? And maybe people get saved through that. See, that would be an example of what Paul describes in Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? You see, God has a plan for our lives, every single one of us, but we still have to be the one to choose it. He offers it to us freely. God never wants us to sin. He never wants us to get hurt to hurt others, to feel pain. That's not what he wants for us. But he is tolerating all of that on earth temporarily for the purpose of giving us free will. I know we're getting really deep into theology right now, but follow me a little farther. Why does God allow these bad things to happen then? It's because Love is not love if it is forced, right? Would you agree with that? He wants us to love him, to choose him, and to be able to choose him, the choice to not choose him has to exist also. Does that make sense? So we're getting into a lot today, but that's why he created us, is to be a part of his family, And we need this free will to choose him. You see, often this choice, it takes courage. It takes courage to follow this calling that we've all been given. See, that's why Paul says in Ephesians 4.1, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. So that was a pretty long tangent. (laughs) We... We could honestly preach a whole sermon series about free will and and destiny and predetermination. There's a lot of really good theology to read up on. I highly encourage you to do so, but that makes the rest of this make a lot more sense. So, you see, the Bible tells us 
that God created you for a specific reason, you aren't here by accident. See, the Bible says that every person has a calling, a destiny. Every person has this life mission. Now, a lot of these life missions are different. We all have different skills. God has gifted us differently. We have different talents in life. And we all have a unique purpose. But despite everybody having different callings, we are all still called. See, growing up, when I heard people say, I'm called to ministry, I thought it was just something for priests or nuns or pastors or missionaries, right? But the Bible says that every person is called by God. Every single one of us to do something in this world. See, God gave you a life mission. Maybe that's news to you. If it is, God gave you a life mission. Surprise! (laughs) There's a reason. You see, if all of these life missions were the exact same, if we all had the same purpose, then unfortunately a lot would not get done. A lot would be left undone. So God made us all different and he gave us different strengths and different callings, right? So again, the big question, what is my destiny? What is my calling? In Matthew 16, 15, Jesus said this, I want you to go to all the world and tell the good news to everyone everywhere. You guys heard this verse before? (laughs) Some of us are businessmen, businesswomen. Some of us are teachers. Some of us are scientists. Some authors, some architects. God has given us these different paths and these different gifts. And that's a good thing. But through all of those paths, there is one overarching mission. Sharing the gospel. See, this is what we refer to as the Great Commission. Have you guys heard that before? So, this can be really hard sometimes, sharing the gospel. Sharing the gospel, it takes courage. Has anyone ever struggled to share their faith with someone, honestly, by show of hands. Maybe it's a family member, a friend, a colleague. It's hard. Honestly, even to to this day, there's some people that I struggle to share the gospel with. But we are called to do it. I've also found that it is easier to share the good news. The good news is the gospel, For those of you who did not know, it's easier to share it when we are experiencing it ourselves, right? You see, the great joy in my life is that Jesus Christ has forgiven all of the wrong things that I've ever done. I didn't deserve that. The Bible says the price of sin is death. And we've all fallen short. I didn't deserve that, but he just gave it as a gift. See, the great joy of the gospel is that I have hope, right? Hope not just for while I'm on this earth, living my life here, 
but a hope that stretches all the way into eternity. This hope of the gospel, it puts into perspective everything that we experience. All of the good, all of the bad, anything that could be happening in my life right now. You see, the good news for those of us who have become followers of Jesus is that we can have a relationship with God now, our creator. That's not just knowing that he's there. He's not just sitting on a cloud somewhere, floating up in the sky, but having a personal and intimate relationship with him, talking to him through prayer, listening to him through his scripture. We can get direction in our daily life from the person who knows us best. We can live every day with his presence with us. That is good news. It's really good news, actually. (laughs) And this good news is worth enjoying yourself and it is worth sharing. Psalm 107.2 says this, all of you set free by God, tell the good news. So first, I realize I've been set free by God, and because of that, I tell the good news. This is our calling. This is our destiny. You know, sometimes it feels impossible to speak up, to share what Jesus has done to people. Maybe you're afraid you're going to scare people away. Maybe you're afraid they're going to look at you weird and think you're a weirdo. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> Honestly, I can't tell you how many times I have, I've, in a sense, had my fears realized where I, I've shared the gospel with someone and they're like, yikes, guess we're not going to talk about that again. <laughs> it's just part of it. The thing is, you know what this is? That feeling, it's the devil trying to scare you into not sharing the gospel. Because for the devil, sharing the gospel is the worst thing that we could do. It's the worst thing. And it is a war. It is a spiritual war. So I know that I can share the good news because I'm empowered by God to do so. We all are. Jesus lives in our hearts, and he empowers us. And honestly, the great thing about a relationship with Jesus is that he will not ask us to do things that we are not capable of, right? So in closing... God does the heavy lifting. I promise you he does. I've seen God dramatically transform people in my life that I knew in middle school, high school, who were not Christian. Some were following other religions and then bumping into them later on in life and then telling me, hey, I just, I remember you were a Christian. I gotta tell you, I gave my life to Jesus. 
People I knew five, seven, ten years ago, totally different, dramatically transformed. They've turned into people that are an example for what I want to be in my walk with Christ. (laughs) They've set an example for me. Do you know what happened there? You see, someone shared the gospel with them, and that person who originally shared with them, they had the courage to do so. And because they were following that path that, that God set out for them, lives were changed. Seriously, think about this for a moment. Look how many lives are impacted by this one courageous person. Someone spoke Jesus into the life of one person. That person received it and dramatically changed. And they shared their change with me because they knew I was a Christian. And then I get up here and tell you all about it. See, the wild part is I have no idea who this person is who shared Jesus with my friend. I may live the rest of my life never knowing. They are anonymous in this whole thing, right? And they might go their whole life not knowing that I'm up here telling a couple hundred people at a time about it. See, that'll be a fun story in heaven. (laughs) But that just goes to show you the power of courage. The person isn't even the hero in this story. God is who's glorified in the whole thing. It's because his plans are far greater than anything that we can come up with ourselves. You must have the courage to follow your destiny. Because this sharing of the good news, this is what we are called to do. He does the work. He does the hard part, right? I'm not going to change anybody's heart. I'm not going to change anybody's mind. That's what he does. He's the only one who can do that. He changed my heart and my mind, as I'm sure he did many of you. That, my friends, is good news, and it's worth sharing. Let's pray that we have the courage to do so. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you just so much for everyone who is here this morning. And I just pray that you make it known to them that they are not here by accident, Lord. That you show them and remind them that there is a a path that you've set before them not of destruction, but of prosperity that gives them a future and a hope, just like it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, Lord. And truly, I just pray that you reach in and help us to choose you in, in these moments where we need to choose you, Lord, and make the choice as easy as it could possibly be for us, Lord. Thank you so much for all that you do. And please, God, give us the courage to share the gospel with everyone that we meet.
In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen.